Hi folks, Wooden Boat Dan here. Just wanted to give you a heads up. The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded several years ago. So some of the phone numbers, email addresses, website, links, and time-sensitive information are no longer valid. Please keep that in mind as you listen. If you'd like to contact me, my email address is woodenboatdan at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Hooked on Wooden Boats, weekly podcast episode number 76. I'm your host, Dan Matson, a.k.a. Wooden Boat Dan. If you can't do it, nobody can do it very well like he does it. And this is the world's first podcast fully dedicated to celebrating the art, craft, history, tradition, and romance of wooden boats all over the world. Welcome to the podcast today, folks. Great to have you. Thanks for tuning in again. The number of downloads each week are still increasing, which is pretty cool. So a lot of people are listening, and I appreciate it. Today's featured interview is with Mindy Ross of the Center for Wooden Boats in Seattle, Washington. Mindy has been working at the center and volunteering there for 14 years, and she's the Sailing Education Director. Had a great interview with her, so stick around for that. I think you're going to enjoy it. Personally, I did work on my canoe some more this weekend, Got the fourth coat of paint on, and I might have mentioned that last week. In fact, I think I did because I had a couple holidays, as they call them. So next was some experimentation with the holidays. So what I did first was I took a little car rubbing compound. Now, Actually, what I did first was I went over the holidays with a foam brush and overlapped the existing paint a little bit on each end. And once that dried, I took some rubbing compound and use that at the ends where the paint overlaps onto the other glossy paint kind of leaves a funny looking place there so I compounded that down and I wasn't super happy with the results so then I took some thousand grit automotive sandpaper and wet sanded the area thinking that would polish it and that actually dulled the paint smoothed it out really nice so then I put another coat of paint on that area. Now I'm going to go back with a rubbing compound again and hit the ends and call it good. I mean, it's like 95% perfect, so that's perfect enough for me. Which reminds me of a quote I just read that General Patton said that a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow. <laughs> So I guess you could apply that to my boat. I got the good coat of paint on today, better than the perfect coat tomorrow, which I may never get there, but it's going to look really nice. So I've just got to put a little compound on there. So the boat's looking great. My goal was to get that finished before we move. We've got our house sold and we're going to be moving in, actually start moving this weekend. And it's pretty cool because we found another house in our area that we're going to rent for a while. And it's got a huge... 880 square foot three-car garage it's all finished nine foot ceilings got a window and a skylight three garage doors so that'll be perfect for the shop and once I get moved in there the weather will be warming up then I'll be able to varnish the boat and move on oh the other thing I did was I was at Costco shopping and they sell these stadium seats which are these little portable seats that you 
take to your football game and you put it on the bleacher and you're all comfy, cozy with your seat back and your seat bottom. So I bought one of those and I'm actually going to adapt it to my canoe for the seat in my canoe. It was only 20 bucks and if you buy anything with a marine label on it's typically three times as much. So I was looking at kayak seats and they're like start at 50 bucks. And this will basically do the same thing. I'll have to modify it a little bit. It comes with a fleece blanket, so <laughs> actually I may need that on the canoe. We'll see. So I'm pretty excited about that, getting a $20 seat for the canoe. So anyway, that is moving along well, and we're pretty excited to be moving into this new house, which, by the way, is one block from a little lake called Lake Kai. And the community that we live in actually has a private beach on Lake Kai. It's not a huge beach, probably, I don't know if it's 30 or 50 feet wide, something like that. Uh, but it'll be a great place for me to take my canoe down to the lake, go paddling, hang out at the beach, dream about my scamp, talk about wooden boats, all that kind of fun stuff. So there you go. Well, as you may know by now, this podcast is all about getting in the game the wooden boat game, that is. And I would like to encourage folks that are listening, if you're not into wooden boats, or if you're just getting your feet wet, or if you're not sure what to do next, there's all kinds of fun ways to get involved. Depending upon where you live, there may be some kind of a wooden boat center near where you live, or a wooden boat shop. There may be a wooden boat festival. You can certainly go online and get a lot of information about wooden boats. And if you're interested in building a wooden boat, I would suggest you start small. Maybe even go with a kit and buy, build a 10 to 18 foot kayak or canoe or pram or something like that. It's really a lot of fun. It's very rewarding to build something with your hands and it's beautiful when you're done. And if it's taken care of, it'll last for many generations. It's just a cool thing to do. So get in the game if you're not in yet. All right. Okay. Shout out to new subscriber this week to Gerald Albertson. Gerald subscribed to my monthly e-newsletter, which this month it hasn't wasn't monthly yet because I haven't sent it out for February. My goal is to have it sent out by the 15th of each month, and I'm I got to get February's out still, which I'm going to try to do that this week or next. So if you would like to subscribe to my e-newsletter, you can go to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash subscribe. Also want to mention again that I added a page to my website called Index. And if you go to that page on my website, it allows you to quickly scroll through the 76 episodes that I've published and quickly go to one of the episodes uh, the ones you're most interested in because the little table on the index page shows uh, what the episode is about, who the interview's with, uh, just some brief information there, and then there's a hyperlink on the left. You just click on that, and it'll take you right to where you want to go. So I would encourage you to use that. The next scamp camp in Port Townsend is coming up next week, a week from... Monday, I believe, is when it starts. Is that right? March 4th, whenever that is. Wow, that's this coming Monday. It's a two-week camp where they're going to build 
Last time I talked to Scott Jones, Scott said they were going to build seven boats, and they had more participants than seven, so some people will be learning, helping with other boats. So I'm going to try to swing over there and check it out, and hopefully I'll be able to order my scamp kit once we get moved, and i got to sell a couple things. I'm going to sell my utility trailer, my lawn, uh, riding lawnmower, and a couple things to get a little money together and use that to buy my scamp kit and get rolling on that puppy. I can't wait. That's going to be pretty exciting. Okay, we're going to move on to the interview with Mindy Ross of the Center for Wooden Boats. And she's also got some great sailing tips. She's a very well-trained and experienced and seasoned sailor. So towards the interview, I start picking her brand about sailing tips. So that's pretty cool too. So anyway, take it away, Mindy. It is February 9th, 2013. I am sitting with Mindy Ross at the Center for Wooden Boats in Seattle. Welcome to the podcast, Mindy. Thank you, Dan. Good to have you here today. We just met today for the first time. I uh, coerced uh, Dan Leach into finding some interviewees for me, and he said, you got to talk to Wendy. So uh, it's good to have you on the show today. Yeah, yeah. great to be here. So, uh, yeah, we're sitting outside on the dock, undercover. It's a balmy February day, probably about 42 degrees or something like that, but it's not raining, so that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We had uh, we had uh, 12 new sailing students start this morning and 12 new volunteer sail instructors uh, for shore school. So um, our classroom today was quite full, and everybody was really proactive, dressed for the weather, ready to be outside, and so... It's nice Very with fun. sailing. You have to be present to win yeah. and be outside. Cool, cool. So where are you from originally, Mindy? I grew up um, outside of Cleveland, Ohio in a okay. town called Berea. Uh-huh. And um, my family, um, are lo- they're all longtime sailors, and we sailed out of Sandusky Sailing Club. Okay. And... Uh, uh, Is that on one of the Great Lakes? It's or? on Lake Erie. Lake yep, Erie, okay. on Lake Erie. Okay. And uh, not far from the islands out there. And so I grew up in a uh, racing family. My oh. grandfather raced in the 20s and 30s. He really? sailed uh, Comets. He had a trivet. Um, and uh, he sailed out of Cleveland Yacht Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where my dad grew up at. So my dad grew up as crew. And then uh, he started sailing wooden thistles. Oh, yeah. And um, in the 60s and 70s. And then um, we would travel around. My parents, when my mom met my dad, she said, I, if I'm going to hang out with this guy, I know I've got to learn how to sail. Yeah. So um, so she started sailing and crewing with him. And uh, they customized their craftsman van and took my brother and I all over the southeast and all over the Midwest racing in uh, thistle regattas. Really? Yep. And uh, so... They're really active in the fleet, and uh, back in the day, we'd just camp out at the yacht club and uh, in tents or in the van and sail for the weekend, and then travel to the next regatta and um, do that for wow. the first uh, you ten years been of my a, life. Having a blast as a kid. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. it was definitely fun too because uh, there would be times when we would sail with them, but other times we would. Um, my brother and I, who's older, he's older than I, um, we would just run around the yacht club grounds or around the marina parks with the other kids, um, the other families that were there. And mm-hmm. uh, we always knew, <laughs> my parents would always, uh, they would make sure we 
we're introduced to the snack bar guy or the bartender at the yacht club because they always had a VHF radio. And so if we got into trouble, we were supposed to go to the bar or go to the snack bar and radio my parents out on the race course. Oh, really? And they would head back in. So um, So does that happen very often? Oh, no, never. (laughs) (laughs) So a thistle's a 17-foot sloop, right? Yeah. Yeah, a wooden boat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you run spinnakers on those? Yep, spinnakers. Okay. And you drew pike, and uh, it's a three-person crew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of crew for a 17-foot boat. Mm -hmm. Well, it has a huge mainsail. It's a really powerful boat. Um, So, yeah. So you need the ballast probably as much as anything. Yep, you need the ballast. And it's really great to run a a racing dinghy with... um, with three people for the spinnaker um, oh. on that large of a boat. So, yeah. yeah. So you did that till you were how old? Um, so uh, my family was uh, doing that sailing uh, thistle until I was about 10. And uh, then uh, our family purchased a Tartan 10, which is a fiberglass boat. Mm-hmm. And that was a really popular fleet on, on Lake Erie. There was about uh, 30 boats that would race competitively every weekend, mm-hmm. all uh, east-west across Lake Erie. And... Um, at that time, too, I started uh, sailing at the sailing club as a junior, mm-hmm. and so we learned uh, we learned how to sail in, uh, it was fiberglass boats, too, but in yeah. FJs and We the try not to use the F word on this program. Oh, you no, said I'm you kidding. would edit for... Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The fiberglass isn't profanity. <laughs> it isn't profanity. I'm just, okay, I'm that's just good. Teasing. That's good. Well, there's always a bit of wood on the boat, but yeah, not... Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but with, with wooden boats... Uh, and heritage so um it was always great to see photos of my dad and my grandpa sailing wooden boats um, yeah up until you the mentioned 60s. the comets yeah comet and what mm-hmm. are those boats um as far as i understand it's a two-person uh racing boat mm-hmm. um similar to a um snipe larger than a snipe okay. um, but hard chine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like yeah. a 14 foot sloop you know i want to say that it's around 16 but i may be wrong mm-hmm. yeah yeah. So did you sail in some heavy weather on uh, Lake Erie? On Lake Erie? Yeah, we've sailed, um, you know, we've uh, sailed in in front of thunderstorms and um, sailed in um, 25 knots or more. And wow. So, yeah. Because it gets pretty hairy out there, right? I mean, it's not like a little lake like Lake Union. It's kind of like more like the ocean. Yeah, it's it's a large lake. Um, the, one of the things that's really great about Lake Erie is that... Uh, in certain areas, it's not too deep, and so the water temperatures uh, do get uh, warmer, warm enough to, to jump overboard and, oh, nice. and uh, uh, when you're cruising and just uh, you know rinse off in the water, swim. Yeah. Um, there's lo- there's some sandbars that are shift all around. The waves come in sets of threes, and mm-hmm. just like and um, uh, you can also sail up to Canada, and uh, so it's large enough that you can really get out there. Yeah, very yeah. cool. So what did you do after high school, Andy? So after high school, uh, uh, during high school, we moved to Lake Michigan, and we moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and sailed out of Wisconsin. Um, And uh, uh, I got an opportunity to sail on the Gazella, which is a a tall ship that sails out of um, Penn Station, or Penn, uh, sail out of uh, Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, my brother went on to... uh, uh, Maine Maritime Academy in Maine, and so I'd go out and visit him and sail with him a bit. Um, but uh, so some tall ship. Uh, I started teaching at the yacht club, coached racing, um, then went on to uh, University of Oregon and sailed on their sailing team there. Oh, really? Yep. And then uh, when I was looking for places to live, I thought, gosh, I need water. I need yeah. water. Yeah. And so up and down the West Coast, I thought, 
you know, San Francisco is great, but a little too crowded of a city for me. And and uh, Portland, there's not enough um, big water. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to just sail in the river, and uh, so decided to move to Seattle. Cool. What year was that? Uh, that was in '97. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I found, uh, came down and visited the Center Food and Boats, and found immediate community. I thought, wow, this is a place I can hang out every weekend and go sailing. I got checked out on the boats and uh, started volunteering as a sail instructor down here. Yeah. And I was working at the Seattle Yacht Club at the time and started doing some racing on snipes um, out on Lake Washington. And then. Uh, uh, got hired on as a volunteer coordinator at the Center for Wooden Boats and, and running the sailing programs. And for the last 14 years, I've been on and off as volunteer staff, depending on interests and family needs and that sort of okay. thing. So, so yeah. is this uh, is this your day job or is this all volunteer? Or? This is my day job right oh, now, wow. yeah. I'm very, nice. very psyched to, uh, I manage um, the adult sailing programs, including our Sunday our free Sunday public sale, which uh-huh. we take about 150 people or more out sailing every Sunday for free. Um, I manage the adult sailing lessons and then also the youth sailing, um, the after-school programs and the summer camps. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so do you have a boat of your own? Currently, I have a wooden El Toro. Nice. Yeah. So, Very cool. Yeah, little and Henry. El Toro is... Eight or ten feet. It's pretty small um, boat. Just over eight feet. Yeah. Yep, eight feet. Yeah. Uh, a wooden pram, mm-hmm. and um, they were designed in the 1930s down at Richmond Yacht Club during bull sessions. And these bull sessions were very enthusiastic, heated conversations of what could be the best boat design for a sailing uh, ten uh, a sailing dinghy um, that could also be a tender for a larger boat. So oh. a rowing sailing dinghy. Um, the Richmond Yacht Club members wanted oh, Richmond to Richmond where? Uh, San Francisco. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, Richmond um, Yacht Club down in San Francisco. And uh, <clears throat> so out of these bull sessions, they came up with the El Toro design. Really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. In the 30s, huh? <laughs> yep. And those boats are still active. They're still active. Yeah, yeah. they're still raced. Um, there's fiberglass fleets. And then we have a fleet of 13 that we use for our youth sailing program. Mm-hmm. Here at the center? Here at the center. Yeah, those boats. are the, yeah. the bright boats stacked up over yep, here. the rainbow boats. Yeah, uh-huh. those are cool. Yeah, so you've got one of those. Did you get out on it? Um, right now, it's got a hole in it. So oh. we're doing a scarfing. <laughs> We're gonna do a little repair, and so it's uh, it's it's ready for repair. So yeah. it's a good first project. Um, having grown up with fiberglass boats, I know how to patch and fiberglass, and uh, mm-hmm. so this is my this is my good starter boat for wooden boat. Yeah, how long have you had that boat? Uh, six months. Oh wow! You just got it. <laughs> yeah, I just picked it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what's your favorite uh, boat here at the Center for Wooden Boats? Uh, that's a you good have any question. favorites? Um, probably my favorite. My favorite boat to sail on a six-knot day is the Geary 18. Oh. Yeah, and the Geary 18, it was designed by Ted Geary. It's also called a flatty. And um, it was uh, designed as a boat that could be raced and that could be built in high schools and raced um, by juniors. Um, And uh, so it's a uh, plywood construction, hard chine plywood construction sloop. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's my favorite boat to sail. On really? A, on a Is that a pretty fast boat? Then? Yeah, it's fast. Really? Yeah. It's yeah, an it's 18 foot boat? Yep. Mm-hmm. Really? Plywood hard chine, huh? Yep. Yeah. I'm called a flatty. And, so, what does a hard chine do for in uh, terms of sailing? What does that do for you? Right. Um, well, in 
terms of boat building, it makes it a lot easier to yeah, build. Right. Um, so um, you'll find most of your plywood construction. Panels. Yep. Mm-hmm. Most of your um, your plywood construction boats will be hard chine. Um, as far as um, boat handling, of the boat, right? yeah, and stability and boat handling. What you'll find is that um, it has good initial stability because um, it disperses because uh, it's not really round. It's not going to be quite as tender as um, yeah as another design. Um, when you sail it, you want to sail um, a hard chine boat with the windward chine just two. Uh, one to two inches out of the water so that you minimize the drag. So you're going to let the boat heel over about 11 degrees so that you get the leeward chine in the water, but the windward chine is just hovering above the waves so that it doesn't catch as much friction and and you don't have as much uh, surface contact with the water. So that's a Interesting. Okay, so if you're on the starboard tack, then you want the starboard chine out of the water a couple inches? Yeah. Did I get that right? Just like an inch or two, yep. When when you're you're scooted out or you you look um, down at your water line, uh, you shouldn't see any um, turbulence coming off of your windward chine. Mm, Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's the most efficient position to be Mm -hmm. in, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So what are some other sailing tips? Oh. You've got a million of them, probably. Oh, yeah. Which, give me your top three. Oh, this is an easy one. Flat is fast. Flat is fast. Flat is fast, yep. So just a, just a little bit of heel, but you don't want to be heeling your boat over. Um, the more you heel your boat, um, the uh, less sa- less efficiently you're using, less efficient your sail area is because your mast heels over. So the point from the top of your mast down to the water line, uh, your mast is actually not as high. Up. I see. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, you're also... Your keel or your centerboard is not at its maximum depth in the water, and so you'll have more uh, leeway that oh, happens. So you may feel the apparent wind increase because you're going against the wind and you're healing. It feels yeah, good. Yeah. But um, if you can f- uh, do your best to crack off on your main sheet, um, reef your sail, hike out, move your weight to windward, uh, the flatter your boat is, the faster it goes. Okay, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. Um, gosh, another sailing tip. Um, use the use your sails to steer the boat. So um, if you imagine you have, let's say you're sailing a sloop. You've got two, let's call them foils. You've got two sails up above, mm-hmm. in, up in the, in the air. And you've got two foils down below the water. You've got your keel or centerboard and you've got your rudder. If you just rely on your rudder to to steer the boat, you're going to be creating a lot of drag, and, or you'll feel a lot of helm or a lot of resistance. If you initiate your turns by steering with the sails and with your body weight, you'll minimize the drag under the water, um, which again will make your boat sail faster um, and more smoothly. So an example of how you would do that, um, with the pivot point, the center of lateral resistance where your boat wants to turn is generally right behind the mast. And um, that's where the boat's going to want to turn. With your sail, you have effort in your sail. And effort behind that pivot point or that center of lateral resistance, let's say effort in the mainsail, will help the boat turn up towards the wind. Effort in the jib helps the boat turn downwind. So let's say we're preparing for attack. I'm going to say ready about, and even before I push the helm over, I can start trimming in on my mainsail, which will make the boat naturally want to steer up towards the wind. I can push my helm over to continue through the wind. Uh, You'll pass head to wind. 
Now I want to use my jib to help us turn downwind. So I'm going to let my jib backwind on the, the wrong side of the boat, backwind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will help bring the bow down out of head to wind and then let the mainsail full, fill and uh, continue on my tack. So, wow. Yeah, so that's a fun exercise. So try just yeah. letting... So- can you do that without using your your uh, rudder? Yeah, if you want. Centerboard. Yeah, when you're sailing along, let go of the rudder a little bit to check the balance of your boat. If your boat starts to head up a little bit, um, trim, uh, ease off on your main sheet, trim yeah. a little harder on your jib, or um, and then that will help bring should help bring the bow down. If you're in a very small boat, you're going to have to adjust your weight too. If I want a boat to head downwind. I'm going to ease off on my main to release pressure in the main, <clears throat> trim my jib properly, and move my weight to windward. And that will help heal the boat, and the boat will want to carve downwind a little bit more hmm. than it would if I keep my weight to leeward. Mm-hmm. The reason why why uh, body weight matters on your boat is when if I was to heal, if we both sit on the leeward side, we're putting more, let's say we're in a hard shine boat too, we're putting more surface area on the leeward side in, and it's asymm- now we have asymm- asymmetry in the water, and that helps turn the boat up towards the wind. So I it's see. a different yeah. surface or curve Interesting. that's okay. pushing in the water. So I've never thought of as two foils up and two down. Mm-hmm. So so I try to steer uh, with the two up huh, as much yeah. as possible because there's less turbulence. Yes, turbulence, yeah. Air is, um, your sails are larger than the rudder, and also air is lighter than water, so there's less drag. Okay, cool. Okay, so that's two. You got some more? Oh, another sailing tip. Uh, never jump on a boat. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that could be twofold. No, I do suggest going for you know sailing with uh, sailing with people, as in jumping a you know come on aboard. Yeah. But yeah, I would just say uh, step on and off at the side stay. You yeah. know, and okay. uh, never jump on a boat. Yeah. That's a simple one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about underway? Any one Under, more underway? Uh, uh, let's see. Underway. Um, uh, tips for sailing underway. What's one of the most common mistakes people make? In sailing, when oh, they're starting out, um, probably oversteering, um, thinking that they need to be have a tight grip on the helm, um, that they need to um, uh, try to control the and direction. The helm would be the tiller. The tiller, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So if you have a tight grip on your helm, just ease up. Uh, you shouldn't have any white knuckles. Um, uh, let go of the tiller a little bit. See where it, where it balances out, and uh, so. And keep your head out of the boat. Look around at your surroundings. So what does that do when you let your hand off the tiller? What does that tell you? It shows you how the boat, how your uh, trim and your balance is. So um, are your, is your mainsail trimmed too tight for your course? Um, if I let go of the helm, maybe the um, boat wants to start heading up too high. So if I have a well-balanced boat, I've got my body weight um, in a good position, and my sails are trimmed properly, I should be able to let go of the helm in like five, four to six knots of wind, and the boat should track and stay on that course and not want to head up or head down. So it goes back to that same thing of steering Mm -hmm. with your sails. Mm -hmm. Um, When in doubt, ease them out. Ease them out. Um, Find the luff and then trim in just until it stops luffing. Mm -hmm. So when you asked what's the most, you know, what's the 
the most common mistake or the common thing that I see happening is people sailing with their sails too tight. So they over trim. Um, when in doubt, ease out, let the sail luff, just just flutter a little bit and then trim it in just until it stops. And because the wind is always oscillating and and there's wind shifts, that's one thing I always do, you know, ease out, find the left, trim back in until it stops. If you let go of the tiller and your boat uh, wants to head up, then you might have your mainsail too tight, your jib might be too loose, or your body, or you might have a little too much heel. You mm-hmm. want to flatten the boat out mm-hmm. to keep it from rounding up. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Wow, those are awesome tips. I've, I've, do a little, I've done a little sailing over the years, mm-hmm. and I know how to sail, but I don't know stuff like that. So. <laughs> Great, good. <laughs> That's cool. So... Um, so tell me a little bit more about maybe what's going on here at the Center for Wooden Boats. People that are listening, if they want to get involved in sailing or volunteering, what's going on down here? Yeah, well, um, very reliably, you can count on a new volunteer orientation every second Saturday of the month um, from 10 to noon if you'd like to get involved. For every three hours of volunteer time, you get an hour of free boat time. We also have sailing lessons um, available um, every five weeks um, for our group sailing lesson, which is called Sail Now. And um, that is a program where we teach you how to uh, single hand the boat so that you can sail on your own down here. Uh, we also have one-on-one lessons available year round. Um, the other ways to get involved besides volunteering or taking a workshop like a sail making or sail repair workshop, lofting, um, we have some kayak building and um, boat building workshops. Um, we talked about El Toro's a little bit. Yeah. One program that I'm really excited about is family boat building. We're going to be building El Toro's uh, during Fourth of July weekend. Oh, cool! And you can choose during from the festival. During the festival, oh. yep. Yeah, there's a variety of different ways to participate. You can help us build the fleet. Um, and for a low cost, you can learn how to build a boat, but then you're donating the boat towards uh, to our youth sailing programs. Or you can um, uh, build a boat and uh, and take it home with you and then own an El Toro. And El Toro is a single sail boat? Yep, it's a cat boat. Cat boat, mm-hmm. yeah. And again, it's a eight-foot pram. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what cat boat means, is single sail? Yep, cat means single sail. Yeah, yep. okay. And then you've got sloop, which is two. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you got some beetle cats down here, too, right? We do. We have Which three. are real beamy, yeah. round-bilged yeah. boats from Design New York or something? Um, they were. I believe they were designed... Oh, you're going to catch me on this one. I believe they were designed in... Um, Massachusetts. Were they okay? Yep, and uh, yeah, back east in the twenties, and they are um, they uh, their design comes from old uh, lobster boats. So they they have like a workboat origin for their design um, from Concordia Boat Works, and then now Beetle Cat, and um, so we have three Beetle Cats, and uh, we do have sailing lessons in Beetle Cats for adults and youth. Um, so if you want to learn how to sail a gaff rig cat boat and that's the beetle cat mm-hmm. we're also going to be doing a, a sail more program on um sprit and lug rigs and um also racing sloops mm-hmm. cool very good well i appreciate your time today mindy uh anything else you'd like to add for people listening anything else you want to say about yourself or the center or any um, other thoughts yeah, that's a great that's a great opportunity. I'd just like to say, um, you know, feel free to come down to the Center for Wooden Boats if you'd like to get involved, or if you'd like if you'd like to uh, learn how to build a boat or learn how to sail. Um, there's some amazing stories down here about 
how uh, that learning just goes on and on and on and uh, people really um, are able to dive into a new hobby or a new uh, pastime. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. Well, thanks for your time today, Mindy. You're welcome. Appreciate Thank you, Dan. It. Okay. Thanks, Mindy, for taking the time to do the interview. It was fun to meet you down at the Center for Wooden Boats. You're obviously very passionate about what you do and very good. I observed Mindy with some of the students there who were asking a lot of questions, and she was very patient and kind. I'm sure you're doing a great job, Mindy, so keep up the good work and hope to see you soon. I would love it if you would connect with me. You can do so by email dan at hookedonwoodenboats.com. You can leave me feedback if you uh, read from your computer or your smartphone if you go to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash voicemail. And you can record up to a 90-second message there for me. That would be awesome. You can go to my website and write comments on the different posts that I've put up, which are actually show notes for each of the episodes that I publish on Thursdays. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. I'm not super active there, but I do have Wooden Boat Dan set up there, and I've got a few things going on, so that's a way you can connect with me. You can find uh, Hooked on Wooden Boats in the iTunes store, and you can subscribe there. And also, I would love it if you would leave a five-star review for me in iTunes, If you like the show, I think right now I've got 27 five-star reviews, which is pretty fun. If you'd like to support the show, go to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash Amazon and make a purchase of any item from Amazon and I get paid a 4% commission. Also, you can go to hookedonwoodenboats.com forward slash JD, which stands for Jamestown Distributors. That takes you to their website, which is a great site for marine and boat building supplies. If you make a purchase there, I get paid an 8% commission. So all any bit helps here. Uh, My goal eventually is to have a full-time retirement income from doing the podcasting and have some products and things available for sale. So if you want to help out, that would be a great way to do it. Well, again, I would encourage you to get in the wooden boat game, folks. And there's all kinds of ways to do that. So check it out. Have some fun with it. Rent a boat, buy a boat, build a boat, borrow a boat, go to a wooden boat festival, buy a piece of wood, get some epoxy, do something to move towards the goal of messing with wooden boats because it's a blast. Okay, have a great week, folks. Keep the bright side up and the barnacled side down. Wooden Boat Dan, over and out. God bless. God bless.